Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many yeah, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to Islanders Anxiety from the Lighthouse Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Dan Saracini. Joining me this evening via Zencaster is my friend Michael Leboff. And Mike, the Islanders are still alive, uh, winning a double overtime game, thanks in large part to a guy who you, me, and a lot of other people have spent the last week or so disparaging <laughs> and uh, trying to uh, you know get talked off the team or whatever. So my question to you is, where were you? when Jordan Eberle scored his double overtime goal to push the series to game six. I, I was walking towards my TV because obviously it was, it's amazing how much stuff can go through your head on, a, on an on-man rush watching mm. one. Like, because in, in my head, the, when, when Shattenkirk whiffed, I was like, oh, that's the type of goal that always, you know, that's the type of thing always ends up in the back of the Islanders nets. I wonder, so I feel pretty good about this hot-man rush. And Jordan Eberle and Anders Lee hadn't even crossed the blue line yet. And that thought already had been in and out of my mouth, but uh, or in and out of my head. And and then as I was just kind of walking forward towards the TV at, with them, and then when they scored, you know, gave a quiet fist pump, woke Elvis up, and uh, yeah, I mean, I did not, I didn't expect to be here, but we're here, and no. uh, that's good. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. Um, I was sitting on my couch uh, with my laptop on my lap as as my normal position for every Islanders game. Even when I'm by myself, I watch them on a laptop because I don't want to break the tradition. This is what I always do. And so I couldn't jump up, or but I did fist pump. Um, but yeah, you know, it was funny. Um, Kevin Shattenkirk's Twitter handle is ShatDeuces22 and he shot a deuce last night. That's for sure. He uh, flubbed that puck. I don't know if he was going to take a shot or uh, 
pass or maybe maybe he thought of a couple of different things all in one split second and ended up doing neither because Andrews Lee just kind of took the puck from him. And yeah, you know, there had been so many scoring chances, particularly for Everly, you know, earlier in this series. We'll get to that game specifically in a second, but um, I, I didn't expect it to go in. Like I was expecting it to be one of those situations where it looks like it went in, but he shot it over the net, you know, and it would just play on. But uh, but he won it. And uh, if anybody, you know, Art Staples said if there was one guy who needed that that bad, that goal real bad, it was Jordan Everly, and that's for sure. And it's funny how, you know, here's a guy who, you know, by any objective measure, had been struggling. Like he had been getting. We talked in the Philly series about how he had a ton of chances and just couldn't bury any. And it's like, okay, well. That's obviously frustrating, but at least you're getting chances. Like that's good. And in fact, that line of Lee Barzell and and Everly had run roughshod over the the Flyers for almost seven straight games. Against the Lightning, it was a different story. They couldn't even get those open looks, and and suddenly his inability to score. He did score the very first Islanders goal in the very first game, the one that went completely sideways about thirty seconds later, uh, and never really recovered. Um, and but now having scored that goal, suddenly he's a winner. He's the guy who scored the big goal in the world junior. He's the, the guy who really deserves it. Cause it was, it was in Edmonton. He's the guy who does so many little things. All right. You don't even really notice him all that much. I mean, I'm not saying those things are wrong, but it's funny how that one shot changes everything. You know, when all of a sudden Jordan Everly is a different player than he was 24 hours ago, 36 hours ago or whatever. So I just, I kind of find it funny. I'm glad for him. I'm happy for him. He looked like a guy who was relieved, but it is kind of funny how that, you know, if he doesn't score, if he doesn't score there, we're not writing these things. We're not hearing these things or saying these things, but now he, now we do because he, he scored the goal. So there you go. Yeah. And, and Overtime hero. <laughs> I, I think it's funny that the, you, these guys who, who are writing these articles and, and, and to, totally understand that, that, you know, this is their job. So they need to kind of hit, hit numbers or whatever. But um, when Jordan Everly was in Edmonton, like a big part of the reason right. that Jordan Everly was traded from Edmonton was because he, he, uh, you know, he couldn't be consistent or couldn't be a winner, whatever it was. And was part, was a uh, part of the quote, quote, like losing culture that couldn't get this team over the hump. And um, mm. now, yeah, now he's a winner. And uh, then you got people talking about his, uh, and, and he, he's like such a streaky player. I think that's why it's important. Right? Like, like we've seen mm. this with Everly before, even in the beginning of the playoffs, we saw it, he scores and, all of a, you know, all of a sudden he's got six goals in like four games. Um, so it's great news for the Islanders, mm. but that doesn't, it doesn't change the fact that uh, he, he wasn't part of the solution. So to the, to that point in the series, uh, even though some people who kind of just parachuted in, in after that goal to, to plug a, to plug an article or two that they wrote about the Islanders over the uh, past week or so uh, would, would, would make you think that Jordan has, uh, has been a monster in this playoffs when, when we know that wasn't, <laughs> The truth, I, there there were some monsters on the game. I was I was I had a conversation with my dad on the phone about it, and I think that the the team was kind of like the last game, or I think it was game the game they won. Like it was really there was like a stark divide between guys who played well and guys who didn't. Yeah. And then in this game, I think there was a really stark divide, and like there were like some guys who were just out of their mind good. Um, mm. Last night, I, I thought Ryan Pollock was unbelievable. Like he won every battle. He he's obviously scored. He just he looked he looked like a monster. He looked like Chris Pronger almost like he mm. like that's how he felt watching him skate around. Um, Adam Pellick was great again. Uh, yeah. Barzell was really good. They, they, I mean, there yeah, was just Barzell so many. Barzell was good without scoring. Right. Yeah. Kind of he, cool you know, he that. played. He kind of played like a uh, 
uh, kind of like a Ryan O'Reilly game. I felt like he was kind of just he was he always had the puck. He was really good on the back check, and uh, I thought he, I mean he was great. Uh, I thought Pajot, who maybe played forty seven minutes, it felt yeah. like was really good. Um, and then there, there you know there were just other guys who who still are fighting it. But th- what you do by winning a game is you give those guys an opportunity to to find their game. And Jordan Eberle's found his game. Uh, hopefully, you know, hopefully this you know this goal kind of helps him you know boost his confidence and that the fact that that uh, his running mate Matt Barzell was really good last night. Uh, you know that that kind of helps think that helps him move push push the Islanders a little bit further. So now it's just about getting the rest of the the guys who are still fighting. Uh, to find their form against a really, really good team, uh, mm. you know, if, if they can c- catch up, like the Islanders, you know, they they could still surprise people. Um, yeah. um, I, I mean, I, I mean, and I, obviously, I've talked about guys who are really good without talking about uh, the, the star of the show last night, who uh, was the Russian netminder. Uh, <laughs> while the whole world was talking about Anton Hudobin and his uh, oh, "We are not going home" uh, celebration mm. in the in the Stars locker room. You know his his country mate uh, Simeon Varlamov. Actually, I think Hudobin is it might be from Kazakhstan, but nonetheless, uh, Varlamov uh, his celebration was even better without saying a word. Yeah, and I love how this also became a story too, as opposed to something other than a guy who's just happy to have won a game. Like I don't really know what else you can uh, you know uh, ask for the guy. Like it's just weird that you know. They keep they keep asking him like what what does this mean and what what does uh you know that that slide say about the team I mean it means that he just they just won a double overtime game like I don't understand why it has to be more than that it's it is weird because um um you know Varlamov hasn't really shown that much of a personality I've heard from people that he's he's a great interview and he's a very insightful guy but in front of the camera he just doesn't really like to say much so it was it was an out of character celebration from him but uh i mean the, the team just they just won an overtime game that was pretty wild and i don't know why he would have to you know what, what do they want him to do like just walk off the ice and it, just go sulk i don't understand it, it goes all the way and we bring this point up all the time is that it's just so funny that the, the greater hockey media is all about these guys don't have the opportunity to show their personality why aren't these guys you know the nba these players are free to kind of be themselves on and off the court and in the nhl it's not like that and then when someone does it you know someone has to mm-hmm. go out there and say you know just like poo poo the whole thing it's just I'm, i i don't i the reason that the, the uh, nhl is you know, two steps forward, one step back or whatever you want to call it is because of, of stuff like that. It's just the guys, that, that was so fun. Like, I, I don't, mm. I, I get like, you know, if, if you're a lightning fan that you, you didn't, you're not going to like seeing that, you know, gif, you know, come when it's time to <laughs> drop the puck on the 2020, 2021 season, the NHL.com right. Twitter account is like, you know, sliding into the new season, like, and it's going to be Simeon Varlama <laughs> from now until eternity. But, right. uh, for the rest of the league, like it's, you know, that's a fun moment. That's a very, and it's a uniquely hockey moment uh, that, that someone is always going to try to ruin. And they just, it's just wild to me. It is. Um, I wish I could say that, that the game itself was an exciting back and forth affair, but that would be a lie. It it was not. In fact, it was probably the most boring game Mm -hmm. of the series so far. I I had told you that throughout the third period it almost felt like they were playing the fourth overtime at that point because everybody was very slow it was very measured dom called the first period uh conservative uh nvc guys called it cautious uh all of those things count like they're they're all pretty apt um the brian pollock gave the islanders a one nothing lead on the power play 
the first power play goal out of 18 tries, which is finally about time, you know. Um, but neither team wanted to take a ton of risks. I think shots were like 13 to 10 in favor of Tampa. It was very quiet. And I was like, okay, well, that was the first period. Now let's see what happens in the second. But the second was more or less the same. <laughs> uh, there was another weird play. This is another kind of thing that drove me crazy too. So Victor Hedman scores to tie the game. Um, and, you know, I mean, it was a cool shot and everything. He kind of swooped in and, and Keith Jones made a big deal about how he had wound up for this big slap shot and then kind of, you know, pulled back a little bit and, and actually was a little bit more precise with it. My thing was, you know, the shot is the shot. It's fine. It's Victor Hedman. I get it. But like, how the hell did the puck get from the lightning zone to the Islander zone in literally half a second? Um, it was a bad change on the Islanders part. Everybody was kind of, they were, it was a long change in second period. And all of a sudden the entire, half the ice surface was vacated by the Islanders. And, and before you know it, the lightning were up there and it had that not happened. I mean, I think it was uh, uh, Vasilevsky maybe have thrown it up real quick. Um, it was, you know, that, that whole play would have never have happened. I mean, Hedman was there to swoop in and score after a bunch of other guys did all the work and the Islanders weren't even there to, to do anything about it. So that goal was kind of annoying. Um, Carter Verhage thought he had another goal, um, but turned out to be about a hundred miles offside. So I, that was the end can, of that. Can we talk about that for a second? I, and <laughs> I don't even want to like bring up officiating. I just, I don't think I've ever seen anything quite like that in any sport, like a, <laughs> a, a, a missed, I don't know, line call or something mm. where it was so egregiously bad. I don't, mm. I just, I couldn't really wrap my head. It, it, it didn't bother me, but I, I couldn't stop thinking about that, mm. that play for like four minutes afterwards, because <laughs> it's like, yeah. <laughs> like two minutes before that doc Emmerich's, you know, naming all the officials and linesmen and talking about how they're there on merit. And then that happens. Mm. So I was like, yeah. what is going That's on? Right. Like, cause that is yeah. not, something I've ever seen before. That was like six feet off, yeah. off sides. And, and, I, and we, I remember being mad about Scott Mayfield getting bumped off the puck so easily. And then when mm. you see what happened, you're like, Oh no, I totally get why he, you know, if that play happened is because Scott Mayfield saw what we all saw the, the puck was in the zone six seconds before Verhage or, or Cedric Paquette, or whoever got to it. Whoever first. was. Yeah. Yeah. That was a weird one. I mean, yeah. Officiating is hard in that case, especially like those guys. I mean, I, I, I somehow, I, I wonder how many times that happens. And you just don't notice it. But that one was very noticeable. And again, had this been like a November or December game in the middle of regular season, it wouldn't have been a big deal. But like it happened right now, you're just like, oh, my God, they got to call that back. So they did. Um, and uh, overall, the Islanders played a pretty good second period. They had more high danger chances than the Lightning did. Um, but still, like there wasn't a ton of shots happening in the game. Well, at that point, still more blocks than than shots. Uh, and then I thought, OK, well, the third is probably going to be pretty crazy. But no. It was more of the same, and it felt like slow, very measured. Both neither team wanted to give up much, but neither team wanted to take a ton of of chances either. And the Islanders actually had some extended zone time, kind of towards the end of the period. And I thought, okay, maybe this is their chance to like crank up the intensity a little bit and maybe get a win, a, a goal here. That didn't happen. But Anthony Beauvillier takes a two minute, a four minute penalty for high sticking for a double minor with about a minute and a half to go. And if you're an Islanders fan and you didn't think that this game was going to end either within the next minute and a half or in the first three minutes and 30 seconds or, you know, two minutes and 30 seconds of the overtime, you're lying because we all did. Everybody thought it. Beauvillier thought it. Barry Trotz joked today. He said he, he blacked out when that penalty happened. He almost had a heart attack on the bench. Um, that was essentially the game right there. And they killed off that minute and a half. Then they killed off the rest of it. And, 
really that first period was more that first overtime was more the same for the rest of the game. They only had four shots apiece. And Ray Ferraro joked on Twitter, wow, it was riveting. Yeah, <laughs> clearly being sarcastic. Um, yeah, it was it felt like the fifth or sixth overtime. Like they just neither team was giving up much. Barzell had a chance in front, which was kind of cool, but he got stymied there. Farlamov, like you said, was good the entire game. And then about halfway through the second overtime, yeah, the lightning were kind of kicking it around. It comes to Shattenkirk at the blue line. He fumbles it. And then Lee comes in with the two-on-one. Again, I didn't expect that to happen, but it was a great pass and then a great shot by Eberly, and he just didn't miss. And again, if anybody needed that goal, it was him. Uh, and you know, again, at the end, I'm looking at John Shannon's tweet here. There were more hits. There were 145 hits, which don't really mean anything. 75 for the Islanders. 70. There were 61 shots on goal and 62 block shots. So like that tells you exactly the kind of sluggish game it was. But... It worked, um, you know, and the Islanders got a win there, and it's now a 3-2 series, which looks a hell of a lot better than 3-1. And, um, yeah, there's new life, and I, I don't know what this is going to mean. I mean, I'm sure Barry Trotz su- subscribes to the, you know, momentum is the next day starting pitcher uh, kind of uh, philosophy. Um, I'm sure he's got his guys ready. But, uh, you know, it, it was a – it was an, I would definitely call it a gutsy performance in that the Islanders didn't panic. They didn't get down. They – they played their game, but it was a very kind of stilted <laughs> for an elimination game. Two teams that have come to not really like each other that much. It was very stilted. Now we're going to talk a little bit more about this in a minute, but Braden point did not play. Nikita Kucherov took a couple of bumps and may not have been a hundred percent either. Um, and there were a couple of other guys. I think Palat was another one who, who may not have be a hundred percent. So, you know, this war of attrition may be wearing on the lightning. I don't know. Um, but, uh, it's definitely something to to keep an eye out for, and and we're gonna have to see what happens in Game Six on on Thursday night at eight o'clock. But I mean, that was a, it was it wasn't a fun game to watch, but having won it, it felt damn good. <laughs> Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah, it was the uh, the juice was kind of worth the squeeze kind of thing, and I think what uh, the the thing that it does is in oh hey Elvis oh it's Elvis hey Elvis. The uh, the thing that it does is it, it 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 provides the opportunity for more magic magical moments, right? Each win, like the Varlamov thing, for example, that doesn't happen if the Islanders lose, obviously. So, uh, they're just the fact that you that becomes you know etched into Islanders lore. This game is now part of this this journey. is great. I mean, it wasn't riveting hockey, and and if 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 anybody who was watching Stars Vegas, not the Golden Knights, or watching a lot right. of the. Uh, you know, wasn't really paying attention much to the Islanders until last night and, and has heard the chirps about them being a, a boring team and then watched last night, they would they'd be like, yeah, they're, you know, these, the detractors are right, but... Yeah, it was it, the exact opposite of Game 5, Dallas-Vegas. Right. It was the exact opposite of that game. The uh, the Islanders are... Uh, but that's... If if you want, ask Barry Trotz how he wants to play, what what style of hockey gives him the best chance to play against the Lightning or best chance to win, it's it's... Ugling it up, you gotta, you gotta, you know, turn every every shift into a rock fight, and that's what the Islanders did last night, and they weathered a couple storms. Varlamov was good, and and now we have, uh, you know, the potential for more, you know, magic. Like, and uh, that's that's it. This whole ride is, has kind of just been that. Like, it, there's been so many incredible moments, and and some of them haven't even like the even like the Lamarillo thing, winning GM of the year, and um, you know, so, like the Scott Mayfield redemption thing. Like, there's just been so many. Um, you know, great things that you, you can't really look back on until it's over and it's not over yet, which is great. So uh, the, now it's a, does it 
it's not gonna it's not likely that the Islanders win the series still there I think you know five to one to just just to win the series and you can't really argue with it but point being out they're now two and0 without Braden point and, and a big reason is that just it, his absence allows Matt Barzell his his impact on the game to just be amplified and and that's what happened last night even though Barzell didn't score I think he had 10 shot attempts a bunch of them were blocked and I mean every shot seemed to be blocked last night by everyone um so it's just the the, the fact that they bought themselves more time it's like you know that's that's basically all the Islanders needs that's not only in the series, but in every game, what the Islanders are trying to do is they're just trying to buy time. They're trying to keep everything zero zero one one as long as they can, because they know if they can produce an opportunity, like they do have guys who will fit, who are good on the rush and finish it off like they saw. Uh, and it's uh yeah. I mean, the, the, everything, everything about all the moments that, that kind of are derivatives of, of a goal like that Varlamov and, uh, the, 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 the radio calls that have gone around and um, just the, the Barry, Barry Trotz and Lane Lambert on the bench. Like the, mm. just the fact that now these things are, they exist, they exist because the Islanders won last night. And now there's an opportunity for more of those things to exist and to be you uh, for us to all watch for, you know, the next, however long we're around on this planet. Uh, so that's, <laughs> that's what each win does. Even if they don't, don't win the series, like just, just going to six, like that, that just provides for more opportunities uh, of stuff like that to, to happen. And, um, I, I don't feel confident, but um, I can't believe that. they're now a game away from a, being a game away from the Stanley cup. So, right. Well, speaking of opportunities, uh, we totally forgot to mention that, uh, one guy who got an opportunity to play was Johnny Boychuk, who hasn't been seen since the first game of the Panthers series. Remember that five weeks ago? Um, and you know what? He played pretty well. The hockey gods weren't looking out for him. He took a puck in the ribs, which you don't see too often. Then he lost a skate blade, which you never see. And actually Varlamov's first gifable moment was actually pushing <laughs> a one-legged uh boy chuck towards the bench because he only had one skate blade which is like and doc was like and that skate blade is still behind the net and he's you know it was kind of a very strange situation but uh i mean he he played pretty well the islanders actually went 11 forwards and seven defensemen uh michael Dow cole didn't play and um i gotta tell you too you know credit where it's due i thought leo komarov played a pretty good game he was he was involved he was in front of the net like just kind of creating havoc. He, he was hitting into people in the corners. Often it ends up with Leo falling on his butt, but uh, I thought he was definitely committed and, and he, you know, he didn't cause any stupid penalties and he was out there killing penalties, which was good. Um, and so I give him a lot of credit him and, and JG Paggio, like you said earlier, played a ton. So, I mean, it was, it was a good effort. It was for whatever reason, like it was, it, you know, looking back, it's definitely something – it's not a game that jumps out at you in, in the shots department. And actually, that's another stat too. I think that they combined for like 50 shots on goal. The Islanders only had 20 – I think 24 shots on goal uh, for the game, which is, you know, it's a double overtime game. Like you'd think you'd have more than that. And, and But the Lightning only had like I think 34, which is also not that much <laughs> for a double overtime game. The Islanders had that – basically that much combined against Carter Hart in that one game against the Flyers. So, um, but you know, it, it's a game that I don't think a lot of people will forget anytime soon where they were. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a very forgettable, unforgettable game for Islander fans. Right? And, 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 and I think and there's your title. Yeah. Right the, there. The, uh, the thing was like the, the, what the Island, what happened was the, the lightning just played a better version of Islanders hockey than the Islanders, but the Islanders just ended up winning. I think that's that because the lightning, I they, by basically any metric across the board, the Lightning were "quote unquote" the better team, um, mm. but they played a because they played a sound defensive game and and kind of limited the Islanders' opportunities. Right. Well, uh, 
so it's like two versions of the Islanders playing against each other and the the worst one won, which is I'm pretty <laughs> sure that John Cooper uh, and the Lightning are going to try to get this game off script a little bit tomorrow yeah. night. Uh, and and I do I do like that he I do like Cooper a lot, and I and I've I've kind of waxed about him, so I might be annoying some people, but uh, I liked what he said. He was talking about like the stars aligning for the Islanders last night. Mm. Um, he said like they needed a fan shot, but they actually needed two if you think about it, because like Kucherov had that wide open net, yeah, in, in second overtime, and then. And the Shattenkirk thing, obviously. So uh, you can't deny that the Islanders needed a lot of things to go their way. But I mean, that's hockey, and uh, yeah. I think I think I'm, uh, you know, it's it's nice to that hockey someone for a change after we got that hockey to bunch <laughs> by the uh, by the Flyers. Yeah, I think uh, I think that's his way of saying that you know if we played that game again, we probably win, and he's probably right. And I think that if they play that way again in Game Six, it's probably a good chance they win this series. And you know, I think uh, the other thing I was thinking about. The Lightning, it's a good way you, to put it, like that they were playing an island, a very Islanders game that way. And it's impressive that they can do that for a team that's that got that much talent up and then the lineup. And I, I think the thing that I pro- we probably were most wrong about coming into this series, I remember we talked about how I, I thought that the the bottom pairing of the of the uh, Lightning's defense could be had, guys like Shen and, and uh, Coburn and, and dudes like that. But um, it turns out they're pretty good. And it turns out that... What they're good at specifically is keeping the Islanders out of the middle of the ice, which is where guys like Lee in particular make their their pay and and where the Islanders create those high danger chances that they're so known for making. And so far, the Lightning have really limited them from doing that. Like a lot of these shots are coming from outside and or maybe not coming at all. And, and it's a testament to them. So I, I was totally wrong. I didn't expect them to be that way i mean there's a total opposite of the flyers who let the islanders basically do what they wanted in the slot for the for the better part of seven games and let hope that carter hart picked up the puck and more often than not he did so uh you know that that's been a big change and i mean i don't think the islanders are doing anything different they're just having trouble getting to those spots in particular like guys like lee and and uh uh, Nelson, I guess, but Nelson's been played. Nelson had a good game too. Again, he didn't score, but uh, he had another yeah. very active game. He's probably been their, their best forward. From, oh, for sure. From game one. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, so yeah, so game six is Thursday at eight. Um, you know, don't quite know what to say. A lot of it's going to depend on Braden points. Uh, nobody's saying anything right now. Uh, Will the Islanders play 11 forward 7D? Nobody's saying anything right now. <laughs> You're not going to get anything out of anybody. So there's not a whole lot to really say. I love what Trotz did in the warmups too. Like, mm. Oh, yeah. I, I think chaos. Yeah, exactly. And and I don't understand why more coaches don't do this. And I think he was doing it just because it was an elimination game. So it's basically like, mm. all right, we got to you know throw anything we can at them and, and hope it works. Like even little mental mental warfare like that where he had you know basically everyone the Islanders could possibly – I'm pretty sure that uh, – you know, Butch Goring was on the ice for the warmups and stuff. Like it was just, he had everybody possible out there and just was kind of screwing with everyone's head, which is good. You know, do that. I don't, I, I know it's like the code or maybe there's some rules that you had to like, you know, announce your starting goalie. But back when, you know, it was Grice or Varlamov and nobody knew who's going to start. If I was Barry Trotz, like one hour, I'd be like, yeah, no, we're starting Thomas. And then the next hour I'd be like, ah, yeah, Thomas is, you know, he's a, he's, he's not feeling great. So we're going to start uh, Simeon. And then like, Oh no, Thomas got better. So we're going to start Thomas. Like stuff like that, I think is great, especially in the playoffs. I mean, we're in the Eastern conference right. final. Use any advantage you have to win. And then you just got to expect that it's going to come back the other way. Like the lightning tweeting that ominous photo of Steven Samkos at a, uh, just right. skating alone <laughs> on the ice today. Yeah. Which is basically the same thing just a day before and on Twitter, you know, and it's, I don't, 
I, I think it's them just trying to, you know, create some kind of like doubt in the Islanders mind, but I, I don't think we're going to see Steven Stamkos at all. But yeah, everybody was basically all hands on deck for the warmups and then they came out and played 11 forward. So, um, but yeah, I mean, this can go either way. What, what I hope is that it's, it wasn't like, you know, last night wasn't the high point. I hope that, that, you know, there's, there's more left in this team. And, you know, one thing Barry Trott said before game five was that this team has a lot of character and they know what's at stake and they have come too far <laughs> and uh, basically to, to just sort of walk away. And Anders Lee basically said the same thing again today. So uh, yeah, should, should be good or at least, you know, <laughs> like, uh, you know, a good result, if not maybe the most uh, enjoyable game in the world. And, you know, making people wait for game seven would be a very Islanders thing to do. So while the Dallas stars sit around and wait for their, their opponent, uh, by the way, um, schedule came out today. And if this series goes seven games, big, if obviously, um, the Stanley Cup final would start on Monday and game two would be on Tuesday. So that's a fine. How do you do for both the Eastern Conference <laughs> teams? <laughs> you know, congratulations on winning this seven game series. Now you've got to play back to back games against Dallas. So they don't have to go anywhere, I guess. But. That's that's the NHL's way of saying we're pretty sure the Lightning are going to win on Thursday, right? Because otherwise, yeah. these teams would be playing three and four, and the, the, the stars <laughs> would be having you know six days off or whatever. But you know what? That's yeah. a good place to stop. We're gonna we're gonna take a break. We're gonna do some some ads. We'll come back and we'll talk about the NHL basically saying. We you know the Lightning are going to win this in uh, different ways uh, in different places. So we'll come back in a second, and uh, we'll talk about that. All right, thanks. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Our favorite sponsor is VintageIceHockey.com, where you can get T-shirts, hoodies, and mugs featuring over 100 classic hockey logos. Uh, Long Island Ducks, New York Golden Blades, New England Whalers, uh, Albany Choppers. You can get all kinds of cool stuff at VintageIceHockey.com. You can also get our Lighthouse Hockey t-shirts, the Al Arbor saying on it. Uh, And if you uh, buy one of those, our portion goes directly to the Center for Dementia Research. You can also use the code Lighthouse15 and save 15% off your order. It's VintageIceHockey.com. Yeah, so as you were saying, you know, these little subtle things happen that make you wonder where the league is, is, you know, looking at and, and where the, maybe the broadcast partners are looking at. And, and one story that's popped up uh, after game four uh, that seemed to rankle people a lot. Well, we'll, we'll get to that in a second, but one story that's popped up is this, these kind of connections. Now, look, I, we're all, we're all adults here. Like we know what this is all about. There's about narratives and, and telling stories, and especially in the playoffs, when you got two teams playing each other multiple times, like you're looking for any kind of story to hook into, so you can just keep 
going at it as opposed to the same, you know, finding new stuff to, to work over. But the idea that Victor Hedman not being drafted by the Islanders in 2009 is somehow some kind of story or, you know, underlying thread uh, because now he can eliminate them from the Eastern conference finals 12 years later is the dumbest thing I think I've ever seen. Uh, You know, look, we all know what happened with John Tavares, but like, I don't think anybody would have ever, you know, they were never going to take Victor Hedman. Victor Hedman's a phenomenal player. Victor Hedman would not be the same phenomenal player had he been taken by the Islanders, <laughs> who were never going to take him. And this is like the stupidest thing ever. I mean, you could make this argument for anybody that was drafted at any time that he might be on the team that, you know, could eliminate another team. from. It's it's the dumbest thing ever. And the fact that the NHL, uh, Mike Zeisberger, who is all over the Tavares Encyclopedia, by the way, wrote about this at NHL.com. They talked about it in NBCSN. Like, guys, come on. Yeah. Like, you could, you're better than this. Like, this is not... There's no story here. There's no there there. Like, do you think Victor, Victor Hedman, Hedman was, even knows? Like, no, I don't think. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Victor Hedman was never an Islander. He was never gonna be an Islander. Him playing the Islanders in the East Conference Final has nothing to do with anything. Just two guys. It's just you know, guy versus team. It's just, he's not even friends with Tavares. Like, this is the stupidest thing it's I've ever amazing. seen. I can't even get over it. It's just it's the the annoying stuff because yeah. it's you know we get made fun of as Islander fans by these. Um, you know, people who, who do have like power of the pen and large Twitter followings in hockey because of their jobs. And they'll be like, oh, you know, the Islander fans, be careful what you say around them. Like they might mm. flip out, but this is just like another thing to show, like, oh, you want to know why? We got Liam McHugh, who I think is actually does a really good job in these studio th- segments talking about, mm. oh, there's Victor Hedman scoring his ninth goal of the playoffs. The Islanders, I wonder if the Islanders are thinking about maybe they should have drafted him instead of John Tavares. Like, oh, thanks, bud. Like, yeah. didn't. <laughs> my team just already let up a goal. Like I'm already pissed off. You got to like now right. do that. And it's just, it's, it's lazy. Right. It has nothing to do with anything. And these people wonder why like people get testy because, you know, 24 hours earlier when the Dallas stars made the Stanley cup playing a very similar style of hockey than the Islanders, nobody was talking about um, anything, you know, anything remotely like that. It wasn't, you know, Oh, you know, Tyler Sagan, uh, his, isn't scoring much like i wonder i wonder if that's really weighing the stars down if that's a big deal like it, it was wow look at the stars this is a great story rick bonus mm-hmm. and whatever like if the, but if the islanders do stuff it's, it's victor hedman was probably a revenge yeah. tour from 2009 it's the way that they're <laughs> treated it's just so weird the way that they're yeah. treated uh and it's not it's not it's been this way forever but uh it's just yeah. it's it, the, the people want to know why and like you can just show them tangible results or tangible answers like oh no it's because some uh, an NHL.com writer who's paid to write about hockey wrote that a story 12 years yeah. after the 2009 NHL draft about yes. the Islanders passing on Victor Hedman and now he's he's scoring against them in the playoffs which he's done yeah. before it, probably right you took the words out of my mouth like this is this is why we're angry like this is why like when Pierre Lebrun is like wow these Islanders fans they're all still so angry yes we're angry. This is why, like, every time James Myrtle writes something at The Athletic and it's like, whoa, I can't piss off the Islanders fans. This is why. Because of this stupid shit <laughs> that gets written about them for no reason. And and it's ridiculous. Now, look, if the Lightning and the Stars play in the finals, then the Rick Bonus connection is going to be a real thing. Like, Rick Bonus was an assistant coach under John Cooper for, like, five years with Tampa Bay. He's now coaching. Uh, you know, Ben Bishop was at Tampa Bay Lightning for a long time. Now he's sitting on the bench or maybe unfit to play, whatever. Like, there are real connections there between these two teams that make that kind of narrative. There is no such connection between the Islanders and 
and lightning, especially not through the conduit of Victor Hedman. It just doesn't work. But manufacturing this story just pisses people off. Like the lightning fans don't care. And Islanders fans are just actively angry about it. So why even bother? It's just, it's ridiculous. Art Staple talked about this on his podcast and his was a lot more nuanced than ours was, but a uh, discussion about it. But uh, you know, it, it's, it's just irritating. And then on top of that, you have, <laughs> we talked a little bit about this last week, but the hockey news posted a thing saying, no, the Islanders season is almost over. Here's, the story about their cap crunch. And then Michael Russo wrote something about the Wilds offseason plans. Uh, they traded Eric Stahl to the Buffalo, by the way, about an hour or two before we came on here. And in the first version of that that went up at the Athletic was that now that the Islanders season is over, this is like two hours before game five. <laughs> and so it's like, those, now look, obviously those are those are mistakes. They're like automated tweets or whatever. But like, it's still just kind of a funny thing that's like, well, wait, well, wait a minute. Hold on a second, you know? So uh, I don't know. It's just a very funny thing that that, that has happened these last couple of games. You know, this, the the story is kind of being written without the Islanders' input. Like the Islanders <laughs> are still writing the story, and other people are still trying to write the story for them. And it's like, no, we're still here, and and we still got stuff to say. You know, at least for a little while. So. It's and this team, like, there are stories here. Like there's hmm. stories with this team that you could really. Uh, I don't stop me if I'm wrong, and maybe I am, but like. When, when there's an Eastern Conference final and it involves the Pittsburgh Penguins and the, you know, Tampa Bay Lightning or Boston Bruins, there's like 18 writers who, who basically abandon their posts as the, uh, you know, Minnesota Wild beat writer for the Athletic or Chicago Blackhawks beat writer for the Sun-Times. And they start writing about the teams that are in the finals because that's what they're, they're on the hockey beat. They're supposed to do that. And, and I know that a lot of this has to do with the fact that these teams are in a bubble and whatever, but... Mm. There's been none of that. It's like it, it feels like the it's just the kind of the series is kind of just happening, and it's the the media kind of like jumps in a little bit to talk about Braden Point for a while, and then they they hop out. Uh, there's not there's really been no and and I know a lot of it would be puff pieces, but there's nothing about like in this this Islander team and basically turning its season around uh, in the bubble. Like they just became a good team. They were a good team. They were then they were a bad team, and then became a good team again. And uh, there's there's been nothing about that. There's been nothing about uh, like the, the players who like Brock Nelson is a, is a great story. I think like he's he should like he mm. we're talking about guys like Braden Point still has talked about like oh if you don't know who Braden Point is like you you, you better take notice now and uh, or Anthony Sorelli the Islanders have players like this too and and they're just mm. not and I know Matt Barzell is kind of the the pole star and he gets a lot of the attention but. There's there's been very little like, hey, let's uh let's like let's expand on this team that is, you know, they're they're finally there's like a light at the end of the tunnel with the arena. There's all this good stuff happening to to the Islanders who are in the, the Eastern Conference final for the first time since nineteen ninety three. Mm. And they're not there's been very little attention paid to that. And mm. uh, I don't know if it's like the A two win in the game one kind of just like doused everybody's plans for those kind of stories or whatever, but the only the only thing that like I've seen any effort from any media entity um that isn't that's job isn't f- solely the islanders like you know i'm sure like the islanders beat writers and newsday what like they, they're doing their thing i'm talking about the other thing was that that really great picture actually that the game me chills that nbc sports tweeted out of the 93 team and this team like collaged together at center ice celebrating mm. um and i was like wow this is going to be great because i you know you roll out the red carpet for these teams in the eastern conference final or the western conference final because they're the only four teams playing like they get a lot of attention <laughs> Usually it's positive attention because they're in the Eastern Conference final. It's not like the Islanders are tanking right now for a first overall pick, and that's the way they've been treated. 
Yeah. Um, Chris Johnston wrote two, two sort of puff pieces, one on Eberly again, the big, because <laughs> you know, the, the junior, the world junior uh, hero comes back, you know, as an Islanders hero, which is the most expected story ever. And then he wrote one today about the resolve and the, you know, the, the, uh, the no quit uh, attitude of the Islanders. And that's all fine. Like the, you know, but it's taken them to game six of the Eastern conference finals to get those stories, <laughs> which is a little like, really? Like now you're just kind of figuring it out. And yeah. Um, you know, and then the problem is too, is a lot of it, you know, when it does happen, it ends up being just very surface level. Yeah. And it's like, it's sort of like, you know, wow, this team has done this, you know, since, since Tavares left and there's been, you know, they, they've had all this success, but nobody ever kind of figures out why, like nobody really does the deep dive into figuring it out. And, you know, you, you see little bits and pieces here and there. They talk a lot about the fourth line, obviously on NBCSN. They love that stuff. And, um, and the, you know, the, but it's always like, we talked about this a few weeks ago. It's always couched in the sort of like, well, they gave up a lot to get JG Pajot, but now he's got seven goals or in the playoffs. Like, yeah, well, that's why they gave up a lot to get him because he's pretty good, you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, the stories are there if you want to look for them, but if you're just looking at the surface and again, how many people just kind of look at the Islanders cap friendly page and then just sort of like, I don't know any of these guys. And then you just move on. Like it's, you know, there, there's nothing to be found there, but yeah, uh, it's well, how about a know. story about Josh Bailey, who's been with this team for, since right. 2008. And, and a, Luke if, Shen was, dra- hey, you want to talk about a draft? Luke Shen was drafted, I think, before Josh Bailey, right? That didn't the Islanders trade back right. and had not picked Luke Shen? Why don't you write that story? Yeah. Imagine if a guy, imagine if the Leafs were in the Eastern Conference Finals and a guy who had been with them for 12 years was like, you know, on that team. Like what would what would that be like? You know, what would that they'd be there'd be guys writing about him every single day. But like they were basically you know, ready really? to write those stories about Jason Spezza, who's been there for one year. Right, yeah. <laughs> he spent fifteen years with a, a team that, you know, is a couple of hours drive away. Like, yeah, no, exactly. That's a good point. Like they were ready to write that story about Jason Spezza, even though he didn't spend twelve years with them. Like he spent twelve years in the same province, <laughs> but you know, for a different team. And and you know, I mean, Jason Spezza has been a good player, and you know, but so is Josh Bailey. And this is a guy who you know he was in the league for eleven years before he made the All Star game. You know, and then people wrote him off as a product of Tavares. And all he does is keep scoring. Like he's been better now since Tavares left than almost than he was when he was here, at least for, until last year. So yeah, you know, that that would be a perfect opportunity. And like. Where is Pierre Maguire yelling about Brock Nelson going to the University of North Dakota? Like, we get it for TJ Oshie. We get it for Jonathan Taves. You know, I, I get it. Like, you know, Nelson's not those guys. I get that. I understand that. I'm not comparing them. But, like, this is a guy who literally will shout out the name of a college for anybody he knows. You know, like, if you just look at him, he shouts the name of a college or a junior team. And he never gets, you know, we don't get the, like, the War Road, Minnesota. I get it. Pierre is working the other side. And I don't want to hear more Pierre. I'm not asking. That, but I'm just saying, like that would be the guy, right? Like that would be what you'd get, but the Islanders yeah. don't get that. So. No, we got, we get Doc Emmerich um, right. calling games from. Doc is having a rough time yeah. with this remote thing. I love Doc. We all yeah. love Doc, but, but it's just, this has not been good for him. It's like th- there was early in the game. I think yes, yesterday was, uh, there was a shot off the crossbar, like real early in the game. Hmm. Yeah. And, <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Here. It was, uh, it was like a weird one too. I think it was Sorelli shot it like over Varlama's head, hit the crossbar and went out and Varlama, uh, Doc was just like, and it's in, I think Varlamov's got it under control. And Edzo and Boucher were like, no, man, that, that one hit the crossbar. Like that was, yeah. that was close to really being very important. 
And he and then he was like, got the iron there then. Like that was, <laughs> he was just kind of like played it off again. This is, I mean, this is hard. It's not fair. Like, it's, it's not it's, fair to. It's him. not fair. It's yeah. not. It's very hard. And yeah, you know, it's life, like it, you know when they sometimes te- uh, broadcast like bring people in, be like, hey, like you can call this game for like they'll like bring guys back, like call this game for like ten minutes. Like that's fine, mm-hmm. but like yeah, the whole game is tough because you know we're heavily invested in the game and and the play by play guy matters. Like and so. Mm. Right. Uh, yeah, hope I don't know what the broadcast is, and yeah, I mean mm. this with all due respect, but uh, I'm kind of hoping that it's John Forslund uh, tomorrow. <laughs> I will never be used to uh, Doc Emmer calling Islanders games. Never, I will never get yeah. used to it because it's there's so, they were so rarely in the playoffs, so rarely on NBC, um, and you know, I mean, I know I still feel like almost like he's like still the Devils guy. No offense mm-hmm. to Steve Cangelosi, but when I think of Doc, I still think of the Devils, Doc and Chico are immortal to me. Like they just, I just love those guys so much. I watch a lot of their games, you know, when they were doing their thing. And it's just, it's still very weird to hear Doc calling Islanders games. I think it might be more weird than hearing Sam Rosen calling an Islanders winner as that was going around before too. The radio called (laughs) Sam and and Joe Micheletti. And um, I don't know. It was kind of weird. I mean, I I don't know. I've, you know, whatever. I'm not a huge fan of those guys. I love Sam for football for some reason, but I don't know if he's done football in the last like 10 years, but I think he's a great football announcer, but for hockey, he's he's a little too much. I can't. I, uh, yeah, I can't, I just can't deal with them. First of all, I took, I took what Micheletti did, you know, climbing the ladder personally. And, and yeah, Rosen's a Ranger guy, so I just don't like him. But, uh, Mm. the, uh, I do, I do like that. They have to call, they have to call that, that game. (laughs) I, I thought the kind of the strangest moment so far of this entire uh, experience maybe like the most uh, out of body experience was hearing Al Michaels <laughs> during Sunday night yeah. football be- say the word Islanders. Yeah. <laughs> hey, he's a New York guy. I know, he's but it's right. just it's he's just on, on a national so. broadcast in front of you know. Yeah. However, that's the most watched television show on on the on planet Earth. Sunday night football, right. and and right. here he is saying Islanders, and oh man, I had a lot of people that. being like, "Wow, there's a the Islanders are still around." So. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, what was Chris Collinsworth's reaction? The who? Like, yeah. if I would, I would have lost my my marbles if Collinsworth was just like, so like, yeah, you know, I really do. I think like uh, Adam Pellick, man, real. He's he's my kind of guy, <laughs> my kind of player. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that's gonna. Happen. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I love Al Michaels. If I could have one guy like narrate my life, it would be Al Michaels. He's great. He's he's the best. Yeah, he's he is. The best. I didn't. I don't know why. I was. What else was I watching on Sunday? I, don't know, I just didn't feel like watching that. I, I watched a quarter of the Jets on on that that Sunday, and I think I've seen enough football for the rest of the year. I just, I, you know, I know not every team is the Jets, but I just, I don't know, too too much bad taste in my mouth. I think. But now we're getting off on a tangent. Anyway, uh, okay. <laughs> so I think that's about it. I think we we covered everything. I mean, we only have one real game to talk about, and can't say too much. Probably don't want to say too much yeah. about Game Six. It's going to be huge. Yeah, who knows what's going to happen? Like me and you being like, yeah, like the Islanders can win tomorrow. Like, yeah, sure, they can win, but they're probably going to lose tomorrow. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> still a massive underdog, right? Yeah. I'm sure that they are yeah. uh, going into game six. But, uh, you know, again, we we should all definitely heed the advice of Barry Trotz and just take it, you know, one game at a time and just focus on what's in front of you and enjoy it for the moment. And uh, you never know. You never know. I mean, it's, you know, this team has come a long way and they've they've now made it further Obviously, than they have in 27 years, they made it further than how many teams are there? 31 teams. Once, so they've made it further than 27 teams in the NHL. You know what I'm saying? So further than Vegas, further than all these other Pittsburgh and all these other um, cup contenders. They are legitimately 
the you know one of the last three teams left <laughs> um and so you know take that for what it's worth and uh we'll definitely be back on sunday right i mean are you are you free sunday we can uh yeah yeah i'm free sunday yeah. and friday yeah. or what you know wherever 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 the season takes us yeah well let's uh you know we'll get back together then and we'll see where we're at either the islander season will have ended and we'll have a couple of days to chew it over and and talk about what it all meant or we'll be preparing for <laughs> game one of the stanley cup finals which is a yeah. surreal thing to say hit me uh, over the head with that, a hammer huh like imagine yeah <laughs> i'm not gonna say it again because i don't want to <laughs> i want to put that mo that juju out there but uh you know uh we'll just have to see and uh hope you all enjoy it hope you uh enjoyed this podcast and, and is a little bit of a you know pre-game warm-up uh, read Lighthouse Hockey every day for your most up-to-date Islanders news and discussion. A lot of happy people there today in the Bits post, which was really nice. Um, follow Mike on Twitter at where? The Big Lebowski with two E's. The Big Lebowski with two E's. You can follow me at Culture of Losing. Uh, a lot of gifts and memes uh, flowing last night after the game, which was a lot of fun. Uh, you can listen to all of our podcasts. You can follow them all at, at LHH Podcasts. And uh, yeah, that's all we can do. Game six, Eastern Conference Final, Thursday night. NBCSN, 8 o'clock. So it's, it's a weird world. And the Islanders are still here. So pretty cool. <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot. And uh, we'll talk to you later. All right. Bye-bye.